When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Better never rest. What is up, everybody? This is the Georgia Show. I am Jay Grow. He's Rusty Mansa. He's Palmer Toms. And uh, for the first time in a very, very, very long time, we're we're talking about a Georgia loss. History of um, Dogs HQ. Yeah, I mean, well, second hit, second loss in the history of Dogs HQ. First, first, first game I mean, that's kind of meaningless in the history yeah. of Dogs HQ. They're about to have the first non-championship game with Georgia out of the national championship race. First, first show we've ever done with Georgia after out of the national championship race on Dogs HQ. Somber day, man. Somber day. And I, and I just want to say, if you're a member of the cider, or you know, we've we've I hadn't really gone back and forth with anybody on Twitter or anything, but. Man, I don't care how high the emotions have run. I don't care what you think. Um, we appreciate you. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you watching. And we appreciate you being a part of Dogs HQ and consuming our content. It sucks. And I, I feel for all of you. I feel for all of you because it just, you know, I, it was going to happen at some point. And I don't think it necessarily had to happen last night. But we're going to get into that. And we're going to put the Georgia-Alabama game to bed because let me tell you something, guys. Portal Palooza is coming. All right, Portal Palooza is absolutely coming. I, I hope nobody's tried to trademark that. I, I'm sure nobody's used it. It's I can't believe I, it's been used over and over at this point. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about recruiting. We're going to talk about kind of what Georgia staff is going on. We got dog stocks. Uh, but first, let's put this Alabama game to bed. And uh, Rusty, you had a chance to talk about the game last night, right after it was over. Any thoughts since? Went back and watched the offensive possessions for Georgia. And then I went back and watched the fourth quarter defensive uh, defensive uh, seri- two series for Georgia. And a uh, couple things that, listen, the inability to run the football surprised me. Yeah, it just did, you know, and, and that, that has been a staple of Georgia. That's been a staple under Todd Munkett. That's been a staple under Mike Bobo. They've been able to run the football, and they've been banged up. They had 31 carries for, I think, 71 yards. I think two and a half yards per carry. They could not run the football. They could not. Um, they couldn't do it. And then the inability, and Jake, you might do more with this, but I think the inability to get off. Uh, and I said this last night, and I'll, I'll back it up today. I thought Alabama was pretty handsy at corner. And if they're going to let you play that way, then you better play that way. So I'm not, I'm not blaming Alabama. Um, they were pretty handsy, especially Terry and Arnold. Hey, if you're going to let him play, you're not going to flag him. I would do it too. However, Georgia inability to get off coverage, uh, there. And I, I just think a couple of things with that, you missed a field goal. You had a penalty. The margin of error, um, is so small in a game like this. 
And, um, you know, I thought I thought Georgia came back, had a couple good drives, a couple good throws. The ball, row, we're sitting side by side each other, and we had a really good angle. We had a really good angle. That damn catch by Brock Bowers, we both thought that ball was, like, going to hit the turf and bounce in the front row, and all of a sudden this dude comes out of nowhere yeah. and catches the ball. So I do want to mention one thing before we get going because I kind of had a post, I guess, go viral, and people are sending me screenshots of it and everything else. It's okay. I, I'm not just singling out Brock Bowers because a lot of kids left it on the line last night. There was kids that were hurt, and and obviously Lab McConkey played. Smile Munden, I don't think Smile Munden. I was told today went about eight total minutes this week of practice reps, and they mm-hmm. were trying to save him. They were trying to save him for the second half. They felt like it was going to be a fourth quarter game. They were trying to save him for the second half. When I went down the field, you guys went to the booth, to, to the um, press conference, got all the video and stuff. I was upstairs doing this with Jay Cruz. We kind of switched. I go down to the field probably an hour after the game. When I met midfield doing some stuff there, I see Brock Bowers come by me, and this kid can barely walk. Like this guy can, this guy can barely freaking walk. And you can see his ankle. What they got some a uh, brace thing on it, and and and. Uh, I was surprised, like, this guy can barely even walk, and he just played four quarters against Alabama. His eyes were – the kid been crying, you know what I mean? And just kind of understand the amount that team gave to win that game last night. It just did not happen. But you commend the effort of Georgia and and this team. And I said this for two years. You got to knock a team out, and nobody knocked them out until very, very late last night. One drive, Georgia could not get off the field uh, in that game at the end. But uh, it is what it is, man. I told – I said this on the radio in Atlanta yesterday, and I'll say it again. I felt like that was a national championship yesterday, and I still feel like that was a national championship. When we go back and look at a month from now, to me, that was a national championship game. Credit Alabama, they made plays. Jalen Milrow, unbelievable plays he made last night. At points in the game. So uh, I felt like that was a national championship game. Could be, could absolutely be Palmer. We, uh, you and I are, are just are new to this sharing our thoughts on a Georgia loss. What do you think? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's understandable for a lot of fans to be frustrated and um, you know, obviously the officiating is going to be something that's discussed. And, you know, I, I said this to you, Jake, and, Georgia didn't lose that game because of the officiating. Um, you know, there was absolutely some things that, that didn't go their way that that hurt them, but Georgia had chances to overcome it. Um, and so I think that that's the frustrating part, you know, is that this team was not completely healthy for this game and you didn't feel like that they played their best. And, um, you know, I, I think with the, with the defense, you know, yesterday you give up 27 points. Um, you know, I, I think if, if somebody had said that Georgia was going to give up 27 points, I think a lot of us had that kind of around that area for the score prediction. We all just thought Georgia's offense would score more than 30 points. And, you know, um, I, I think that the, the injuries to those players, you know, Rara Thomas not being available. Um, you know, he's a guy that's made some plays for this passing game throughout the season, Brock Bowers and Ladd McConkey both having, you know, big ankle braces on. Um, you know, you you just saw, I don't want to call it a wear down effect because everyone's worn down at this time of the year. 
Um, but you saw a Georgia team that did not look like itself. Um, you know, they, they had spurts, they had spurts, but you know, just was very worn down. And and when you're playing a team that is equally talented as you, it makes it that much more imperative that you are able to go four quarters. And I don't think that the health of this Georgia team was able to do that. Yeah, man, the officiating thing is kind of tough for me because I get it. And I totally agree to an extent that, that Georgia did have their chances to overcome it. But man, the one that is really tough to swallow, I know for Georgia fans, tough for me to swallow just thinking about it, is that is that fourth down deal. Because that is some some things are judgment calls, and you can understand, like, all right, you got it wrong. All right, you just missed like the Malachi Starks pass interference penalty. Like, uh, that was super ticky tack, but whatever, you know, like he, it, it honestly, I thought in real time they got it right. Like, I, I and then we saw the replay, I was like, whoa, maybe that wasn't. Um, but the ball hits the ground, it moves, that converts the fourth down, that puts seven points on the board for Alabama. And while I didn't have any confidence in the offense at that point, based on how it was playing in the first half, I didn't have much at all. That took an opportunity. Up, they it they wanted up, that bigger deal. Yeah, it took an opportunity away from Georgia's offense. I mean, you know, if if that if that ball if that play gets reviewed, and Georgia comes away with the momentum there and comes down and gets three and then is able to put something together after a half. And Georgia, instead of being down 10 points, basically, for most of the second half, is able to lead that game again. So, that's I, – I listen, I'm not sitting here – I'm not going to sit here and say, that's why Georgia lost. I don't think it is. But, man, I, I tell you what, Georgia fans who are going to say that and are going to pound that drum, I have a hard time sitting there telling you you're wrong. I, I will so, say that. So, let me chime in. Should Kirby not have called a timeout there? I mean, he yeah, had. I understand to. his. I understand his reasoning on that in that situation, and he's like, "You're trying to save your timeouts there." But my thing is, is like, once they got the first down, I don't know how much timeout saving you're doing because you've got one left anyway. To me, and well, yeah. So somebody in the box has got to help him, right? Yeah. And and to that's me, not, that's not. That's not. I'm not taking up for Kirby. Somebody in the box has got to tell him, hey. Because I'm sitting beside you guys, and my phone starts blowing up after the next play. Like, how was that not reviewed? I had no idea what they were talking about. Right. Somebody in the box, I say, we got to review that play. So, yeah, that, and in hindsight, by the way, covering that game from the box was absolutely the worst place to cover that game if you're trying yes. to figure out what the hell's going yeah. on in that game. They don't show replays. Yeah. They don't yeah. show replays. We had no, we had no, we found out what well, you guys found out. We found out on social media. So there was yeah, no. I found out after the football game. Yeah. I did. I had no idea. I had no yeah. idea that was even in controversy till I looked at my phone and was, had gotten a bunch of texts sending me short videos from TikTok and sure. uh, in Facebook reels. To me, I just would have, and and I know that you know it's in real time. It's so difficult for a coach who's down there on that sideline that's not able to get a great replay or whatever to make that call, but. Calling a timeout there, you know, you he had two, if I'm not mistaken. Call a timeout. He had one. One? Because he okay. had called one after the third down, after the 17-yard completion on third down to make it fourth and four. Kirby to called me, a timeout to stop the clock. To me, I still just call the timeout because you've given up that, uh, uh, you know, back-breaking fourth down conversion. Yes, okay. 
and you regroup your defense to, you know, kind of plan how you're going to force a field goal. And in the midst of that timeout, you ask for a review and, you know, best case scenario, you get your timeout back, you get the ball and you, you know, don't give up seven points. Worst case scenario, you have regrouped your defense to best prepare them to go out and and try to get a stop. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. In hindsight, that's definitely a good point. Um, another point I want to make is, you know, Marius Mims goes out, and that kind of, that sucked. I mean, that was terrible for Georgia. Um, Georgia has the open and drive, so you know, I kind of went back and kind of really looked at it close today. So everybody's like, well, Georgia had to open and drive, and then they went into a shell. Not true. Okay, and this is why Georgia goes open and drive eight plays, 84 yards, touchdown, beautiful drive. Then they go three passes. They stay on the they stay on the attack. Now, I think Carson Beck made the wrong decision on an RPO on that first down play and put Georgia in a second and 13. I think he should have handed the ball to Kendall Milton because, you know, Alabama was all over Bowers. Um, So, you know, that's kind of a miss for Beck. And that's going to happen for every quarterback in every game. Um, but Georgia threw the ball three times. Then Mims comes out of the game, and I think Georgia overreacted just a little bit to to losing Mims and being concerned about protecting the quarterback. Like I think they felt like that they needed to give maybe Xavier Trust a chance to settle in there at right tackle before they started throwing the football, and so they went run, run. Now, run, run, run. run. If you want to get real technical about it, they ran it for six yards, they ran it for two yards, and then they had third and two. You still need to be able to pick that up. I think we've all three agreed that that maybe wasn't the best call. Georgia kept trying to attack the edges on on third and short when they actually had more success in short yardage between the tackles. Um, I thought Kirby had an interesting comment after the game. He said that at one point, I, I'm not sure if it was that specific one, but he said he may have said both third down instances they felt like if they didn't lose yards, they were going to go for it. Well, if, you, if you've got that mindset, I feel like the best way to do it is to get downhill rather than, you know, back up to go forward. Um, but, listen, I don't think Mike Bobo had his best game, and I think if you were to, you know, if Mike was to say, hey, let's call, let's all meet at Flanagan's downtown and I'll tell you how I feel about how I coached, and I'll be completely honest with you, I think he'd probably say, I, I, you know, there were some things I'd do different. He'd probably do that in a lot of wins too. All right, so I'm not sitting here. I'm not going to sit here and bash him um, or anything like that. But I, I don't think it was the best game he's called this year. Um, I don't think it was the best game Carson Beck's played or the best game Georgia's offensive lines played. Um, but ultimately, I felt like Georgia battled, and they battled hard, and they battled against a good football team. The thing that the thing that I think will always concern not concern me, but will always kind of rattle my brain about talking when we talk about football is the whole idea that so-and-so struggles against against the best teams they play. Who the hell does it, man? Who does, I mean, that's the, when you play really good teams, you're going to run into brick walls sometimes, dude. And, and it's harder to do your job and, and do it well yeah. when you're playing against people that are really good. Yeah. That's like, that's like somebody saying, man, my back, you know, I tell you what, my back only hurts me when I lift heavy bales of hay, <laughs> you know? Those light bales of hay, they don't make my back hurt at all. Here's Georgia through four games in Mercedes-Benz. Correct me if I'm wrong, Row. This will be three coordinators, Chaney, Munkin, and Bobo yeah. now. 28 points, 23 points, 24 points, and 24 points. Well, so you, you, you've also got to count the national championship. So I think it was 24 in the national championship loss. 
Yes. Right. So but but he said it Mercedes Benz. That was Mercedes Benz. Yeah. Four 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 games at Mercedes Benz. Four games yeah. at Mercedes Benz. Three so. three games with twenty four points or four yes. games. No, no, they had twenty three once. They got beat twenty six twenty three in national championship. That's no what it was. Time. Okay, yeah. So so Monken scores twenty four. Bobo scores twenty four. Cheney scores twenty three. Um, it's just Chaney, something. Cheney scores twenty eight. Just an yeah. outburst. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. With Jake Fromm. <laughs> Throwing, yeah. it all over, throwing it all over the place. You know what I mean? Yeah, 303 yards. So it's just one of those deals, man. And this is, this, this is the last hurdle. And, and Kirby Smart is going to answer this question. And he knows it. And it's, it's going to start SEC Media Days. Can you beat Alabama in that building? Period. Yeah. And that's going to be – that's just going to be the next thing. I, I thought about that last night and I walked out. Of, I walked out of there last night I'm thinking – are we going to be sitting here next year? And is this going to be Texas and Alabama in this building? Or is it going to be Georgia and Oklahoma in this building? I mean, this is going to be, this is going to be a totally different deal next year on how this thing plays out. You know, the East and West is it's gone. So mm-hmm. it's going to be real interesting how that, how that plays out because that game is, is uh, going to be important. And, and, and uh, tweeted out here a little earlier, uh, had, th- had the playoff been right now, Correct me if I'm wrong. Georgia would put, Georgia would be playing. Ole Miss would be coming back to Athens, but that would that be in two weeks? Is that how I, that works? I don't know when the timing of it is. I think it yeah. would be. I think there is an off week in there for these student yeah. athletes to to be yeah. students, yeah. Um, and then, and and then eventually they they roll into the playoffs with the. So the winner of that we would be Georgia would play Ole Miss at home, and then the winner of that would go to Austin, Texas. I mean, well, that, that, they, they would they would go to uh, a bowl, so, bowl site, yeah, yeah, to, bowl, to a bowl site to play. Yeah, bowl so they'd go neutral site then. Uh, one more stat that I want to that I want to point out: um, Georgia scores to make it twenty to seventeen in that game. I just happened to look at the stats at this point um, in the press box. Georgia, I look, I even re- leaned over and told Rusty. Fourth quarter, Georgia scores a touchdown. Carson Betts sneaks to the end. Peyton Woodring hits a PAT. Georgia cuts it to 20 to 17. They had allowed 20 yards. 20. 20 20. yards. And then Alabama puts together a 75-yard touchdown drive to go back up by 10. And then Alabama gets it back. Yeah. Alabama gets it back after Georgia cuts it to three again. I look at the numbers. Georgia had allowed 74 rushing yards. In the whole game. Now that's counting sacks too. 74 rushing yards. Jalen Milgro goes for 30. Jalen Milgro goes for 12. Game over. So it's uh it's just one of those things where um you couldn't you couldn't get it reminds me of this. Uh if you've ever seen the wire, there's an episode where you get you've got these detectives and they're trying to move a desk and one of them they're detectives, they're trying to move it through a doorway, and the detectives on one side are trying to Make, push the desk one way and the detectives on the other side are trying to push the desk in the other way and they're like why can't we move it and because they can't get put pushing in the same direction that's how georgia was when the defense stood tall and gave them a chance to get back in it the offense just couldn't get it going and then when the offense couldn't get it going the defense couldn't get you know the offense couldn't was getting it going the defense couldn't get stops and what ended up happening was georgia ended up losing by three off a turnover and a missed field goal um and that's the margins, you know, for for all, everything that was there. Georgia just didn't get it done. And uh, listen, it was going to happen. 
And like I said, I, I'm, I'm with all of you. I didn't think it had to happen last night, but I ain't ready to fire anybody either. No. Um, so, now, uh, now, before we maybe Palmer, it, but that's it. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Blame Palmer you. would be the only guy on the chopping block after yesterday. Now, let me ask you this, both of you guys, this, and I think I know the answer. Is Georgia still one of the best four teams in the country? Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, you can't put them in, team. but, yeah, they're they're one of the best. And, 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 and every one of us understands why Georgia was not put in the playoff today, but yeah. I think that there is no debate. And, and look, you know, we're – listen to Mike Norvell today, and, and I know – it's coach speak and you're going to compliment the teams that you're going to play and whatnot. But he said, look, you know, we're, we're honored to be able to have an opportunity to play the team that has been the best in the country for the last three years. That says a lot about, and that includes this season. That says a lot about where coaches and people around this sport still view Georgia, even with that championship game loss. Did you see, and it was great TV, the Michigan reaction when Alabama popped up there. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but apparently they didn't want any of it. There was it an is. audible groan. Dude, it was like, and then you see players like do this, like lean back, like, oh boy. And then they then they start clapping. But I'll say I, this. I wonder if that I wonder if that was because let me say they that. Let me say this. Let me say this. Say this. No, that was not. They they nobody wanted Georgia in this thing, and nobody yeah. wanted Alabama in this thing. You know what I mean? Nobody I mean, wanted Georgia. If this was a 12 team playoff, Georgia, Georgia would probably have at worst the second best odds. And it would only have the second best odds simply because it has a longer road. If you gave Georgia three and a half weeks to get healthy, three and a half weeks, I'm not sure they would be underdog to anybody in Vegas. No, they no. wouldn't. Including no. Alabama. It might be a one point game, it might be a two point game. If Georgia was three and a half weeks healthy, and they were going to play Michigan in the Rose Bowl, George would be a favorite. Yeah. Nobody wanted George and Alabama in this thing. That's just – I'm not being SEC homer. I don't give a damn. I'm telling you right now, nobody – Michigan didn't want them in. Texas didn't want to have to – Texas didn't want to have to beat Alabama again. You know what I mean? I, I get it. So, but that's – that's you go back and watch that reaction. Go back and watch that uh, – go back and watch that reaction. And I'll tell you this, man. We get a comment right there. Nobody wants Texas. Georgia would play Texas. <laughs> I can assure yeah. you, Georgia. Georgia would play Texas in Houston. Uh, they might get beat, but there would be zero hesitation to go play them. Give them three and a half weeks of healthy. I'm pulling for the other dogs in this one. I'm going to pull for those purple dogs um, yeah. because I watched them. I watched them play on Friday nights. First time I've watched the whole game. I've watched some second halves this year, and uh, I like Roma Dunze. Uh, Roma Dunze. I like Michael Penix's story, fighting through all the injuries he's fought through. Um, it'd be cool to see Washington um, in the last year of the Pac-12 kind of get it done. Um, but we'll, we'll see how all that goes. All right. Hey, Palmer, let's talk about some game time real quick, okay? Let's do it. All right. Orange Bowl, I like the venue, man. Hard Rock is awesome. It's beautiful. Go ahead and lock in your Rose Bowl. I mean, uh, your sorry, your Rose Bowl tickets too. Get those too. But go ahead and get those Orange Bowl tickets locked in. Beautiful stadium. Really nice. I enjoyed the press box there. I thought the press box was amazing. Sorry, a lot of you guys won't get to see that one. But go check out GameTime.co. Download the app. Get your Orange Bowl tickets. Get down to Miami. Get some sunshine, some vitamin D. Feel good. Um, I, I think that Georgia will be ready to play Florida State, and we're going to have all the opt-outs and opt-ins and opt-overs ready for you um, over at Dogs HQ. 
But uh, GameTime.co is one of the most interactive, inter- intuitive apps I've ever experienced. Uh, it, they do a great job telling you exactly how you're going to see the action, where you're going to see the action from. Um, they specialize in the last minute tickets, but you can also get them well ahead of time too. And if you use the promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, you can get $20 off your first order. Terms apply. Uh, but definitely check out GameTime.co. Download that app. You will be impressed. You will absolutely be impressed. And uh, Georgia versus Florida State in the Orange Bowl would be a perfect time to put that to good use. All right, now, Rusty, what – what? all right, Georgia's coaching staff um, – Georgia's coaching staff just experienced a gut-wrenching loss last night. They've worked their tails off for 13, 14 weeks in a row. Um, they 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 got in the recliner today and kicked back, didn't they? They they were they got they, they got to kick we kick back in the recliner and they watched the Eagles. Uh, they they got off the couch today after Eagles uh, Eagles 49ers was over with, right? How t- how tired are you today, Jake? Kinda, pretty tired. Palmer, I'll be I'll be asleep within fifteen minutes of the end of the show. Palmer, how tired are you? <laughs> Pretty tired. All right, so let me ask you both of this. You went through this weekend. You did what you did. What if I'd have told you both of you pack a bag right now and you're going to hit the road for five days in a row? You're not coming back till next Friday night. And you're not, not going to sleep in your bed. You're going to be in an airport. You're going to be in schools. You're going to be recruiting. And uh, it's going to be about 7 a.m. to about 9 p.m. until next Friday uh, when you get back in town and then we regroup as a staff and, and, and we uh, have a weekend. So – yeah, and nobody feels listen. Nobody feels sorry for for, for Georgia. Nobody feels sorry for Georgia. I believe I'd do it for eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I was gonna say, do do, do I get the money? <laughs> get the money, but uh, you know, I'm telling you that that's where these guys are. They t- had a hell of a loss. Kids were. I talked to DJ Shockley, one of our good buddies. I do some stuff with DJ Shockley, and uh, I was talking to Shockley after the game. And he he has all access. He's in the locker room, and he said, "Rusty, that thing was emotional." He said, "Man, there was a lot of tears. A lot of the young kids." Uh, felt like they let the seniors down. A lot of the seniors were, you know, you know, it's a, they understand that that game and what it probably meant. And I was told that Kirby Smart was very honest with them last night, guys. It it is slim chance that we're going to get in this thing, you know. And uh, he 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 told his team straight up um, last night, to, you know, watch this thing. But the odds are very slim that we're going to get in this thing. So, um, you know, it is what it is. But but um, the, those guys, they don't they don't stop, man. They don't stop. And, you know, Georgia is having to do like everybody else in the country. Trying to manage their roster is the most important thing because this portal tonight at midnight is going to be wide open for 30 days. Perfect transition. We're not we're not even going to get into the rest of this. By the way, Dale McGee got on a flight last night, didn't he? He got a flight last night, and I gave some scoop. I'll give it out here if you want to because we've had it all day on our side. He's, he's doing an in-home visit with Nate Frazier. Yeah, the number, the number one running back in the country, uh, verbally committed to University of Georgia. Um, expect him to sign here in a couple of weeks on National Signing Day. So, Del McGee didn't even get to go home, dude. Del McGee lost the game last night, and he's cross country red eye to, to California to get on the road today. So, tells you what those guys are doing. We got some good stuff coming. Got some other stuff coming tomorrow. We're expecting some news uh, pretty soon on Carson Beck at some point. Uh, quickly, and uh, we will have you covered on Dogs HQ. Uh, I'll be writing some stuff late tonight, or very, very first thing in the morning, uh, latest thing I'm hearing on all that, and Smile Munden, all those guys, are they coming back? Javon Buller puts out a tweet today. Is he done at Georgia? We're going to have all that on Dogs HQ uh, early tomorrow morning. 
Awesome. Well, uh, Rusty, I got to say something real quick. The way you say number one running back in the country, verbally committed to the University of Georgia, you just transported me back to the countdown to signing day. Just the way you said that, it sounded just like those dudes used to talk on countdown to signing day. Newberg? Jamie Newberg? Yes, exactly. uh, Several different dudes helped Jamie with that thing for years, but God, I came up on that show. Forrest Davis started it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the kings, the 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 godfathers of this business. Um, all right, we you had transitioned this really good before I screwed it up, but portal, portal palooza. You mentioned it coming at midnight tonight. Um, listen, think about this for a second. We're going to talk about it, but I'm going to ask you guys about this in just a few minutes after we kind of go round about it. An over under number on how many uh, on how many guys Georgia takes out of the portal you have to listen to me you'd be real clear on this if you take one you have to lose one so it has to be spot for spot in the portal so there's 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 that too so think about that and and keep in mind that they have what 27 kids committed yeah Yeah, so spot for spot with portal so um that 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 throws you map in there bro yeah i learned that yesterday started talking about how many and it's uh you know depends on some guys leaving. I expect some guys to leave. I'll, I'll throw a number out there, and I'll be very safe with this. Very safe. I would be surprised if Georgia does not add minimum five to six in this class. Yeah, right. Minimum. I was five gonna. To I was gonna set the over under at six and a half. Yeah, That's minimum. a lot. That's a lot compared to where they've been. Yep. Yep. Because I mean, well, last year, last year they took three. The year before, zero. Well, I can tell you right now they're taking more than three. <laughs> and they and they tried them. to take they wanted to take four the year before that. You know, because they had um they took Darian Kendrick, they took uh Gilbert. Eric Gilbert. Smoke Bowie. No, no, no that was yeah. that was the next year. Oh yeah. Smoke Bowie maybe, was two years no, later. Maybe they tried to take three that year because they wanted to take Brandon Turnage as well. Yeah. Um, but just couldn't make that stick, I think, with getting with getting Kendrick. But I thought they tried to take one more that year. I could be wrong. Tyke Smith. But, Ty, yeah, Tyke. Tyke. You're right. Yeah, Tyke. Yeah. They wanted to take four that year. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm with you, Rusty. I think I think I think an absolute minimum of five, six or seven, very, very possible. Um you know, because they're going to want to take multiple guys, and, and we're not going to get into targets. We're we're talking about that over at Dogs HQ. So if you want to get specific, you can. Um, but they're going to want to take two to three defensive linemen. They're going to want to take two to three wide receivers. I think they're probably going to be in the market for an edge. I think they're probably going to be in the market for a running back. So you're looking at potentially eight guys there. I mean, yeah, six to eight is what you just gave. Just off the top. Yeah, six to eight, just right off the top right there. And that's it. And that's just, you know, and they may take, you know, like it wouldn't shock me to take if they took the right offensive lineman, offensive tackle, you know, or a combo guy that they feel like they could play and and get into a rotation. Um, when, you know, if, if a safety popped in that they really like, would they maybe, you know, make a move? That, I don't know. You know, it's 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 one of those things that's tough to predict because you don't know who's going to go in. Right. And if they feel like a guy can really help them or if there's a guy that's hey, like, hey, man, my heart was at Georgia when I was getting recruited. This is where I want to be. Then and the staff really likes him. Then what do they do there? So it's there. There's a lot of moving parts here. I'll say this for everybody that's followed recruiting. 
everybody that's followed recruiting throughout the last 10, 12 years, five years, whatever. December used to be really wild with those last five or six guys you were going to add. That's over. Now it's the five or six portal guys in December you're going to add. So basically it went from those lat those OV. I don't even know Georgia's going to have any official visitors in December except for portal guys that's going to be on campus. And they don't do photo shoots. They they come in to look at depth charts and how you're going to use me. So when I say recruiting, you know, somebody said, hey, it's going to be kind of calm. It's not going to be calm. It's going to be six, seven portal guys on this team. Plus, you're going to have a distance attraction, those types of things. So I already need a cup of coffee. I'm already so- – yeah, can, we get yeah. can we get Celsius a sponsor us, by the way? <laughs> we uh I don't know if you noticed me yawn as, as you were saying that. I, I'm thinking I need the, the caffeine too. Why is it y'all think that Georgia's going after a, a bigger number in the portal than they have in the past? Is it is it, you know, because they well, they're because taking they, a bigger class than they normally take too. I think they just expect a ton of attrition. Is it that? Yeah. And also too. The portal has gotten a lot better. Yeah. The portal's gotten a lot better. They, Georgia is not going to take a guy over a high school kid that can't help them right now. And Kirby's said that in press conferences. He yeah. feels like he, he will never steer away from building a high school football roster at Georgia, but they're going to plug and play. And the, and the, and the portal is as deep as it's ever been. And I guarantee you, when we do this podcast next Sunday night, we're going to be like, holy moly, I can't believe that guy's in from around the country. Hell, we may be saying that Wednesday. We could be. I'm just (laughs) saying. It usually takes a couple of days for this thing to – what happens is those kids come in tomorrow and say, I'm going to Portal, and those coaches are like, wait a minute, what? So the negotiation starts then. Uh, but, But by the end of the week, there's no playing around. When that kid hands you the papers, you got 48 hours to turn it in. So I would say by Thursday or Friday, that thing is going to be wide open. Oh, man. Portal Palooza. It's going to be far from a party. And uh, I'm glad I took a, about a I, I recently took about a eight to 10 day break from coffee. Um, I had my first cup of coffee this morning and about eight to 10 days, and I was jacked. So uh, um, that that little tolerance break I got uh, from from coffee was definitely worth it. All right, guys, let's get into everything we do. Every something we do every Sunday. God, I, I'll mix up a word now. Something we do every Sunday. It is dog stocks. Dog stocks. I'll uh, I'll go ahead and lead us off. And and listen, I'm going I'm going stock up for Georgia's youngsters. And I say that because. It's it's meaningless bowl season, and God, I hate it. I mean, uh, Palmer, you never – I don't know that you ever really got to truly experience New Year's Day like you should have. Like, Russ, do you remember New Year's Day? Just, Most I mean – <laughs> Dude, my mom, used to, my mom used to fry up some ham and uh, cook some black-eyed peas and rice, collard yeah. greens. And dude, we'd eat seconds and thirds and fourths. I remember one time our pastor came over, uh, Lee McBride, a big Alabama fan. Um, he came over and we watched we watched games all day long. We ran out of ham. My mom fried some chicken. He sat up about 10 o'clock that night. We watched games all day long. And he sat up about 10 o'clock and he goes, I don't think I could eat a Tic Tac right now. <laughs> and then he goes, but I'm going to have me another chicken leg. Um, 
Most of my but, but Gatorade and goodies. Yeah, you're, you're right, Jake, because that was a part of the conversations that I was having today with Georgia playing a December 30th bowl game was like, well, geez, this is the first time that I will be, you know, free on New Year's Eve. Not yeah, but know, but but the old New Year's Day bowl games when they played the when they played the uh, the Capital One at eleven and the Outback at one and the and the this in another game at the yeah. Rose Bowl was coming at four and and you know the Fiesta Bowl was later that day and then the then the Cotton Bowl or the Sugar Bowl was and and I mean it was just it was just all stinking day. And there were no opt outs. And listen, I, everything changes. And I'm not. I'm not going to see. I, I don't think they're ruining the sport. I love it as much as I ever have. But th- I miss those days. But we're going to have some opt outs this year. All right. You know, we're going to. You know, Georgia's going to have some opt outs. You know, we're going to have to co- write about some opt outs and stuff like that. And guys, this is the time when they make a move. And and we all know the the the, the main number one story for Georgia has that's always been is Aziz Ojolari. Um, you know, spends a whole season after tearing his ACL kind of on scouts and not really doing his thing after missing the first four weeks. And then he comes on during um, bowl practice, plays pretty well against Texas in the uh, in the loss there, the 28-21 loss. And then it is Katie bar the door from there on, there on out. He has a very, very productive two-year Georgia career and ends up being the number 50 pick in the, in the NFL draft. Had one um, of the most outstanding defensive games that we've seen. Yeah, so, uh, so all of you guys – so all of you guys puffing your lips out about oh, we're not going to be motivated for this and we don't we need to ex- decline this ball game. There's a reason you don't. You're going to get 12 to 15 practices in. You're going to get some playing time for some young dudes. Next year starts now, and uh, it's it's going to be a big one for Georgia. They're going to get some guys healthy, and I tell you what, man, I fully expect this Georgia team to uh, to come in ready to play. And, you know, somebody asked on the press conference today with, with Kirby, they said, hey, do you feel like you've kind of kicked the hornet's nest a little bit here dealing with a Florida State team that's going to want to prove itself to the committee? Uh, I don't know that Florida State hadn't kicked it a little bit of a hornet's nest a little bit here too because Georgia ain't used to losing, and I'd be surprised if they're not going to be a little pissed off. Let me show my age on mine. So Let's I went to the, I went to the 1989 Peach Bowl at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium in Georgia. <laughs> Georgia was six and five in the rain. They lost to Syracuse. Georgia is twelve and one. They're going to the Orange Bowl, and people are absolutely crushed. I mean, people are absolutely not yeah. talking today. People are crushed. Um, I watched Georgia go four and seven, 1990. And then turn around, go ten and two. I remember the excitement of Georgia fans in 1997 at the Outback Bowl. And Jake, you hit it on the head. Georgia played Wisconsin at 11 a.m. And you want to talk about some hungover folks coming from Ebor City on New Year's Eve? I was there too, Rusty. I was there. So Georgia had to play uh, Ron Dane in that yeah. game. I think Mike Bubba threw 50 passes from five yards or less and completed every one of them. <laughs> Robert Edwards had some had some some great runs. Robert Edwards just smashed the guy at the goal line. They shut Ron Dane down. Yeah, they did. Champ Bailey played great. Uh, and then Georgia won that night in Ebor City. I can guarantee you that again. However, Georgia fan base, Georgia fans, uh, their stock is up because they've been all over the country the last two years. They've spent a lot of money to go watch this team. And I know people are hurt right now. And I know people aren't talking about it. And they don't want to talk about it. And the end of the day, it's the Orange Bowl. 
It's a major college football game. And Georgia's going to play Florida State. And those people slowly but surely, if this week goes on, are going to start booking those flights and they're going to start buying those tickets and start thinking, you know what, this that, wet, that warm weather might not be so bad for a couple of days. So I know Georgia fans, I know how much it costs to be a season ticket holder. I know how much it costs to go to games. I know how much it costs to go across country to all these games everywhere the last, especially the last two and a half years. But stock up, man, Georgia fans. Uh, it's been a hell of a two-year run. To borrow a line from Kirby in 2018, this team's not going anywhere. I mean, this this 12-team playoff has got Georgia in this thing. They're going to be a threat every year. And you can take uh, – you can sleep a little bit better tonight on even 24 hours after a loss like that, knowing this roster is stacked. They're going to add really good players in the next week. They got the number one recruiting class in the country, industry-wide, the number one recruiting class by everybody. Coming in here in a couple of weeks, I had a chance yesterday before the game to visit with Ryan Puglisi, Georgia quarterback committee. He came down from Boston with his dad. He wanted to see the atmosphere. He wanted to see this game in this building. And uh, just talking to him and him, him telling me how tight this group is, their group text, can't wait. Man, you know what he did Friday night when he was in Atlanta? So him and his dad were in Atlanta for the first time. You know what they did? They watched Walton play on TV so he could watch Daniel Calhoun play. They sit in a hotel and watch Daniel Calhoun play. You know what I'm saying? That says a lot about who they are, what this class is about, how tight this group is. And he told me, man, he said, hey, me, me and Dylan Rayola, we've both tried to do everything we can to get the best players. So rest easy a little bit tonight. And, um, you know, I think Georgia's fans still stock up for you guys because – there's a lot of good, a lot of good days left uh, in, in this team. Man, I'm supposed to follow that up. Follow it up, bro. I will. Uh, along those same lines, um, mine is something that I wrote in in Rest and React today, and um, you know, I said it had been on, you know, doing a little bit of reflection on the 29 game run that Georgia had, and um, you know, just saying that. You know, look, for as much of a reality check as last night was and a gut punch that it was for Georgia fans, you can't take away the emotions of the last two years. And, the, you know, nothing – and I see it in the comments section here. You know, the people very much understand that what Georgia did over the last two years and, and into this year was special. And it's not to be taken for granted – you know, winning 29 games in a row in the SEC has never been done before. Winning back-to-back national championships is, is you know, incredibly rare. Uh, and, and it should be celebrated. So, um, you know, just just kind of following up with what, with what Rusty said, Georgia's not going anywhere. And, um, you know, the 29-game thing is not going anywhere. The, you know, back-to-back national championships, that's not going anywhere. The, uh, you know, emotions that Georgia fans felt the highs and the lows of, of these last three seasons, they're not going anywhere. And, and uh, you know, I, I think that that is something that, that every, you know, person that that's been around this program uh, you know, you guys have been around it longer than I have. And, and there's people that have been around it longer than y'all have, but uh, you know, people that have been around this place for as an extended period of time, understand that this has been a really cool, special time to, be around Georgia football. 
All right, guys. Man, Rusty really hit home on that Outback Bowl. I was talking to my dad about that earlier today. I remember being just so jacked that Georgia was going to play in a New Year's Day bowl game. So and you remember now, Georgia beat Tech on that throw from at late in the game, Mike Bobo. Yeah. And then everybody, had, Allen. Then everybody yeah. had to wait the next day to find out. And when they announced Georgia on a New Year's Day Outback Bowl, you were like, dude, it's on. We're, we've made it. We're going I mean, to – yeah, the first thing we said, we're going to Tampa. Everybody went. The old sombrero. The old yeah. Sombrero Stadium. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh here look at us now. Look at us now. You know, like 12, Paul 12 Rudd. Look at us. <laughs> 12-1 on the phone. We're having to talk people off the ledge. This 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 fan base has made it, man. Yeah, we're going me and Palmer's gonna go hit some 15 street fisheries and uh and you know, maybe uh, gonna get drunk at the John Donya Beach Hotel. It's gonna be a lot of fun. All right, guys, we'll be back. Bark after dark tomorrow night. Guest to be determined. Wednesday night, we have uh the Georgia show back with you and obviously no pregame show uh this week because no game so y'all enjoy it take care we love you we appreciate you and this has been the georgia show it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.